podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by armchair critics of the game. I'm your host, Ajit. In today's episode, we have a much sought after uh, returning guest, Leah. Hello, Leah. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Ajit. Uh, thanks for having me back. Uh, hello, everyone. Always a pleasure having you, Thank Leah. you. This close to the World Cup, are you feeling nervous? Do you have a team you're backing? Well... Maybe, maybe the uh, the the last uh, India Australia game uh, made me a bit nervous mm. for for the hosts. Actually, aha, uh-huh. that's not a bad outlook. So, I think let's first go to the Bangladesh New Zealand mm-hmm. series, then come to the India one as well. So, did you get a chance to catch any of these Bangladesh New Zealand games at all? Um, not not really live because uh, um, they were on at a rather inconvenient time for me. Um, but um, yeah, so New Zealand uh, was playing really, really well in the subcontinent here. Hmm. I think that is a positive for sure because look, they won the series, mm-hmm. right? So they took the second and the third ODI. The first one was washed out, and in in fact, in the first one they were in a bit of mm-hmm. trouble. But when it came to second and third one, they were solid. So. Batting first in the second, they made 254 on the back of a lot of decent contributions. Tom Blundell, Henry Nichols, Ish Sodhi actually making some very, very crucial runs. I dare say Ish Sodhi making the runs that won New Zealand that game, if you ask me. Because if New Zealand had been bundled out for around 220, 230, uh, or even 210 maybe, then Bangladesh would have probably chased that down much easily. Because look, uh, Mahdi Hassan, Nasu Mahmud, Khaled Ahmad, they did a good job to start off. And that basically meant, you know... Uh, New Zealand were always chasing a little bit of a uh, little bit of a good total. So, at seven for one eighty seven, they could have been two ten all out. But then the tail hung, uh, the tail hung in there to nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle Jamieson did a little bit. Twenty runs is still worth it. Lockie Ferguson who was the captain, made thirteen. But they all batted around Ishodi, right? And even Trent Bolt did a little bit. So they were all out in the last over. They lasted their innings. The last 10 overs they were able to, last 10 overs they were able to make use of, score more than 60 runs, which was crucial. So when it came their turn to bat, Tamim Iqbal, who was playing that ODI, seems to have done enough, scored 44. Mm-hmm. Mahmoudullah, who was coming back, made 49. But again, a similar sort of a story from the top order and lower and lower middle order because... 168 and 41 hours you think would be a little bit of a disappointment if you're a Bangladesh fan. Absolutely. That's that's really that's really the problem in this in this scorecard. There are only three scores over 20. Um two of them being well, something I would call a substantial innings in an ODI. Uh, that's Tamim, uh, Mahmudullah, and then there's 121 in there uh from Nasum Ahmed. This is a real problem um, from a batting perspective. I think there are two ducks from Yusaka, um, one of their middle order, uh, out for a duck, right? Um, and no contributions from the tail there. Look, you would be very worried uh, simply because okay, they are playing without many of their main players. You would say mm. the second one, but then 
not a lot changed in the third one where they had a couple of other big names back so nazmal hussain shanto was leading the side mushfiqur rahim came back mm-hmm. right and the ba- the bowling attack was still a bit experimental but they got to bat first they didn't do much better for themselves 171 again uh, some middling contributions from the middle order 18 18 21 13 but then nazmal hussain shanto did a decent job 76 but nobody batted with him there was no other 30 40 50 contribution mm. and batting first at in home conditions i mean they wasted 15 hours that's unacceptable because in the previous game saudi had done it all he had taken even a six far in the second one but when you look here uh, it was mostly the mm-hmm. fast bowlers trent bolt 2 adam mill 4 lockie ferguson 1 right and between the three spinners i think ravin ravindra uh, cole mcconche and uh, saudi they showed very very good skills of tying the batsman down right so i was very impressed with that because you would not expect that they would play with such maturity the spinners from new zealand absolutely not um but they can they can really sometimes they can really surprise you new zealand um i mean uh they have a spinner with a 10 for in tests right even though they're not really known for their for their spinners um they tend to do a bit better in the subcontinent than um english spinners i feel I mean that's that's very interesting that you say it like that but i think these days especially when it comes to england when you have the rashid and moin ali there are different mm-hmm. fish but when it comes to new zealand you would think they're again punching well above their weight see there is no santner here see so they still their leading spinner he's mm-hmm. there he's leading the attack rachin ravindras really really measured up well when it comes to his bowling for a batsman who can bowl part time at least let's just start like that he's done a very good job i would say yes right and uh, somebody like cole mcconchy is always you know he's doing a good job whenever he gets a chance he gets some runs in whenever he gets a chance he bowls a little and you can see the same thing he's um you know he took a two for in five overs here and when it came to their batting finn allen gave them a quick start made sure the bowlers were unsettled early on and then will young and henry nichols played played time So William sort of kept up with the scoring rate scored at 87 but Henry Nichols played a proper test match innings took 86 balls over a 50 but then you know that with about 30 40 runs left the game is over all you have to do is get to 150 with enough time left in the game and you know the game is done that's exactly what they did and they won nearly 15 overs to spare so that was a very very comprehensive series win do you think for new zealand um i i think so it um it makes them I think at least the dark horses in in this upcoming uh, World Cup they uh, have shown that that they can perform in subcontinental conditions here in this um warm-up series against Bangladesh and of course uh India and Pakistan will be a very different kind of challenge for them but um they have shown glimpses of uh, of brilliance here and The most important thing I think for New Zealand here is that one game they won with their spinners uh but also their fast bowlers performed really well in the third match. This this looks like a a, a well balanced side I think for mm. for the upcoming World Cup. Absolutely. Look, at least Mill again proved why he should be a immediate cap of the rank situation mm. for New Zealand if somebody were mm. to be Absolutely. injured so i would say that that's good that's good that mill put his foot forward the right way and new zealand are also without many of their first choice players 
right there's no mitchell there's no williamson mm. right and many there's no glen phillips so they have really accounted well for themselves their fast bowlers have tuned up well but from this perspective if you look a little bit you know looking into a crystal globe mm. how do you see new zealand performing i have them um at least reaching the semis um i, I won't say i won't say more because uh, they they might um run into i don't know that they, they might run into uh into a team that beats them Aha. i think i think they will they will go to the semis but um i won't um predict if they if they make the final because um australia should never be counted out in white ball cricket and in a world cup mm. Mm. india is also really really strong and with england it's probably going to be either feast or famine but they could also make the semis and uh have a best ball day against new zealand again um so i have them reaching the semis um they might win the semi final um but uh, that is the minimum i expect from them to reach the semis that's a bold uh, that's a bold thing to say at least from what i've heard so far <laughs> nobody else uh, were ready to at least none of my previous guests yeah. were ready to give them a chance until the semi final but that's a bold call let's see if that comes through but from bangladesh perspective are they shaping up the right way what with a little bit more drama that tamim has been left out of the squad and then he's hit out at the selectors and then his keeper shakib hit out at him have you been following this drama not uh, not that closely but um I, i i just i just saw that um, there was drama afoot in in the bangladesh camp which hmm. um made me go oh no not again um after after all the um shakib drama that was um, mm. going on a few months ago um where he was called uh, a prima donna and yeah maybe he is a little bit but uh, the 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 bot uh, seems to be uh, a bit prickish uh, sometimes so basically no mm. don't don't do that um <laughs> stop stop this in fighting not in not in expectation of a world cup come on well they have even brought back the likes of uh, mahmudullah mm. and given him a chance so i'm mostly thinking purely from a world cup squad perspective okay let's keep aside the fact that they have chosen to actually work without their most successful odi cricketer if he can be sort of termed like that when you look at the rest of the squad for um, bangladesh mm-hmm. if we can do a quick analysis of how they are doing so from a purely from a purely fans perspective are you happy to see the squad that's going to world cup from bangladesh I, did you see anybody else apart from tamim that you think was left out it's a bangladesh is i think uh, a weird one because they uh, well you said it they left out their best odi player um and and i think i think it uh, it shows in these in these two games against new zealand when they were really having um problems with their batting um it might be because they feel it uh, try to do things differently and uh, didn't take this warm up series all that serious um that might be but 
yeah, this is this is not looking too good from this this warm-up series. It it might actually be mm. because this is an experimental eleven. Um, they were they were fielding. Well, they have to do a lot better during the World Cup. That's uh, for certain. Hmm. Look, uh, one word about that. I mean, for Shakib to have gone on to criticize the professionalism of Tamim and so on, it did not feel right. Again, you don't see you don't see captains talking about their uh, main players in such a way, simply because one day they may have to play again in the same eleven together and. He seemed to have burned all his bridges there, Shakib. I don't know yeah. if those harsh words were necessary, but okay, fine. Uh, he thought he had to say those things. Uh, I let people around us judge whether he's right to have spoken so harshly. For me, I felt it was yeah, it was a bit on the harsher side. That's one thing. The other thing, you're right. They left him out, but then they've also given Mahmoudullah another go. They've they've given enough people a chance. People like Afif Hossain have missed out, mm. right? So you know that. These were all people who were sort of given a chance to prove prove they belonged in that squad, right? Mm. So they they haven't made it, and that that's possible simply because I told you um, they have gone for solidity above flash. They'd rather see their squad to two sixty rather than in trying to go to three hundred become two ten all out mm. in a crucial game, right? So I expect they will make it tough. Uh, nobody will take uh, Bangladesh lightly simply because. They are playing in close to home conditions, yes. and you would expect that their spinners will come in handy. The the Miras spinners are doing good. Shakib, you will never write him out, and that's already enough to add to, you know, Shoriful Islam being in good form, Hassan Mahmood bowling well, mm. right? And then you'll have Mustafizur Rahman show up. He may not be a regular threat like he used to be a while back, but again, you would write them off at your own peril. Absolutely. And Litan Das has been having a very quiet time. I expect him to really come out. Firing in the World Cup, so that'll be a big deal as far as I'm concerned. So mm. I don't know if they'll make the World Cup semi-finals, but no, I expect they'll no, actually no. shock a couple of uh, teams. Yes, absolutely. They they are uh, if if anything they are the banana peel <laughs> that might that might make some favorites uh, slip. Actually, Correct. Correct. but I'm not having them in the semis either. Okay, that's clear. From that series, if you move on to the England Ireland series, where England sent in a completely experimental squad. Yes. <laughs> Only whether Joe Root would really perform was the real talking point for me. And after the first day, he was withdrawn because he didn't get a chance to play. And they chose to go with a lot of uh, hopefuls who are in and around the white ball squads. Mm. So you have Phil Salt, Will Jacks. So in the second ODI, Will Jack showed his bit where he made 94. And then Ben Duckett made 48. But Sam Hain showed he belongs at the top level. Right, mm. eighty-nine, and then Bryden Carr showed he can bat a bit. He was batting pretty high. He was batting at eight, and he showed he can claim a number eight. Not only just a fast bowler, and they were comfortably able to keep Ireland down playing at home. Uh, I think Ireland looked short of a gallop, and they are saying they are already beginning their preparation for the upcoming World Cup, which is to be expected, frankly. Mm. So, in this case, did the first of all the results surprise you? Let's start there. No, no, no. It, it, it didn't. It didn't surprise me. And um, I think this Ireland team is on the way out. Mostly, they're 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 mm. they're the old stalwarts, and um, they need to bring in a new a new generation of players. I think this one, um, this is this is uh, 
well, this is basically uh, the Ehrenrunde, the, the um, lap of honor um, for for most of their team. I would I would think this this series against England, um, given the fact they're not in the World mm. Cup, this was probably the last hurrah for for a lot of them. A big series. No, I mean, for me, well, Paul Sterling has a couple of good years left, I think. I mean, they'll take as many years of service they can get out of him. Mm. Uh, fitness and other things allowing, like his participation in World uh, T20 tournaments allowing. People like Barry McCarthy, Craig Young have come up well. Josh Little, I think, will be a good performer. Andy Balbirni has had a bit of a fallow time recently, but mm. I expect he'll bounce back strong. The likes of Curtis Camfer, Harry Tector, Lorcan Tucker, George Dockerill to an extent. This is, for me, the core of this 11. And mm. they are the people whom I expect to take Ireland forward. Most of them are youngsters still in their 20s. So I would expect they would take Ireland forward. The third one, well, it would have been a little bit of a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. I think they got away a bit, a bit easy there. But for me, the real takeaway was how the England bowlers bowled. Because... Uh, in the second one as well as uh, mainly in the second one, they did enough well there because I think Rahan Ahmed was very promising for me. Mm. He did he did a lot of uh, and he showed a lot of promise. And then I think he's one to watch out for if you're an England uh, uh, if selector, mainly in the longer format because he can also bat a bit. You know. Mm. And uh, I thought Braden Cars he was very impressive. Mm-hmm. He was. He has the pace. I mean, if he can stay fit, of course. Right, and the likes of Hartley, Tom Hartley. When you're, whenever you're touring an Asian Asian country, he may come into the picture. Also, Will Jacks, by the way. Huh? Mm. He looked like a very, very classic batsman, mm. extremely classic batsman, and uh, he can bowl very good off spin. So he would be one of the starting players for me if you are playing even a test match in uh, Asian conditions. And from that perspective, England selectors would be happy. Do you think? Um, yeah, I think I think they can be they can be really. Uh... Well, uh, content with with what uh, England uh, did here, because this is absolutely um, the second or third eleven of England that was playing here, and they played um, well, I think. Hmm. Yeah. So absolutely, you know, there's there's uh, the depth in the in the player pool in England now, um, at least in in white ball cricket, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. That was that was the main takeaway from uh, from this series, I think. Uh, and another one, um, another story was the ground crew during the um, third ODI in Bristol mm. on the county ground when it rained, which uh, led to um, the match being abandoned. And the reason for the match being abandoned was that the grounds crew. Um, <laughs> Did not did not cover the pitch for a good five to ten minutes after it um, started raining, um, and then they did something with the tarp that led to water uh, yes. running under it uh, and basically damaging the pitch. So um, the game would not have uh, been abandoned, I think, if the if the grounds crew did their job. So that was very, very disappointing. Um, mm. Poor top management and game. <laughs> I mean, I read that that somebody was trying to get under the covers to dry the pitch, even as there was still a bit of rain coming down. Mm. 
I don't know what that was all about. I really don't understand what is going on. By the way, I was supposed to commentate on the game mm, with Sri yeah. Lanka cricket, and I was a bit disappointed because that that looked like a high-scoring game in the making. Because Dakar yes. had a hundred, England had two eighteen, thirty-one overs. That looked like a four-hundred game. By the way, yeah, 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 yeah. Also, they had a Theofan Vorkom, mm-hmm. player of South African descent, spinner, mm-hmm. making um, making his ODI uh, debut. debut. Absolutely. Now, I mean, I think he's born in mm. uh, New Zealand, Christchurch, Canterbury. So anyway, we leave that. Nonetheless, <laughs> at least England would be happy with where they are, except for maybe form of Joe Root. Or do you expect he'll come good? There's not a lot to worry. Root is having having a bit of a of a rough patch uh, hmm. right now, I think. Uh, but you can you can never count out Joe Root. Um, I would I would say, or you you disregard him at your own peril because he's a really he's a classy. batsman and as they say uh form is temporary class is permanent but <laughs> um yeah but but he he really i guess he needs that that one that one really good innings to um yeah cut the knot basically i mm. think it's because it's it's such a such a mental mental thing this uh um getting into the zone and and then stuff like that and yeah mm. i think i think he he might be overthinking things at the moment and one good score can change all of that maybe he gets a good innings in the first match of the world cup for england mm-hmm. uh and from there on everything will fall into place for joe I'm hoping he already gets there in one of the practice games. You know, gets yeah. that breakthrough game what you're mm. talking about, and yeah. he feels comfortable enough. Suddenly, all of a sudden, look, he scores at I don't know, eighty-five, ninety per hundred balls in Test matches these days. Mm. So for him, what what does it matter what what ball it is, what format it is anymore, right? Yeah. So it'll be okay, I think. Yeah, me so, too. So yeah, otherwise England are very, 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 very formidable. I expect them to be one of the uh, semi-finalists. But I don't know what you. England think. is a semi-finalist. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Baseball, baseball is still going strong. Um, they, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. I think they go to the semi-finals. But it's England in the subcontinent. It, it's, it's going to be either a baseball massacre or they will go down in glorious flames. Hmm. Look, when you see the way certain other teams are also playing, mm. you might expect there might be more of air quotes baseball to be seen. If you were to have a quick chat on the India games, yes, right. So some very 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 exciting scores. Uh, at least second and the third game. The third game was a bit of a disappointment if you are an India fan, but you'll take it considering the series was already sealed too. What do you think of the Indian batting in the second uh, ODI? Um, really, 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 really good. Um, mm. Almost 400 uh, runs scored, and um, yeah, Shubman Gill making a ton, Shreyas Iyer making a ton, um, Yadav uh, with a 72, and yeah, that was that was really that was a really really good um, mm. ODI innings. I would I would say in the third ODI. That's why. I Getting a bit nervous because uh, the Australians um, have Maxi, Magic Maxi mm-hmm. does it again. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And the first, the first one uh, was was an absolute, an absolute masterclass. And they, uh, I mean, they didn't even have 
there are superstars. There's no, there's no, um, Roy Chama on that scorecard. There mm. is no Virat Kohli on that scorecard. And they had no, uh, Jasper Bumrah either. Mm. So yeah, this is, this no, is. No, I think Bumrah played in the third one. In the second um, one. Not, not in the second no, sec- one. Yeah, yeah, correct. There it was all Prasid Krishna, Mohammed mm. and the spinners. So before we move on from the second one, there seems to be one decisive spell of bowling as well, which seemed to have, you know, uh, mm. put right something which we all expected might come through yet. So Ashwin, I don't know if you saw that spell where he took out Warner before that uh, Marnus and then a Josh Inglis. Uh, no, I did not. I did not see it. I'm sorry. Yes, but uh, yeah, he's absolutely the pick of the bowlers in this in this match after looking looking over the scorecard after that. Everyone else has a uh, has an economy above six and uh, he is below six and he has three wickets in, in seven overs. This is this is uh, pretty pretty impressive. He was almost he was almost getting the ball to swing in, almost drift in and mm. leave off the pitch. He was unplayable in certain places or in certain time. I think the ball that got Maras Labushkagne, I mean, it would have got many a player out. <laughs> I don't know what Warner was doing, trying to reverse sweep and then not review. Mm. He started the batting as a right-hander. Mm-hmm. Then became a left-hander trying to sweep. That is, he was air quotes starting as a right-hander. He tried to reverse sweep, mm. and he hit the ball onto his own pad. Didn't review it. It was given out. Josh English was worked out simply because of that. That movement in the air, he didn't know how to play it, whether to rush at the bowler or stay and play him from the crease. And he tried to sweep one too many and was out plumb. So from that perspective, I think Sean Abbott did a bit of hitting just just to again uh, reinforce the belief of. He can play at seven or even eight, right? Mm. In that team. And that meant, you know, India have sort of answered most of the questions they were worried about. So in the first ODI, KL Rahul had played an anchor innings where Surya had hit out. Mm. That won that game. In this innings, KL Rahul also played a cameo. And mm-hmm. Surya also played a cameo. And most importantly, Shreya Sayar scored 100 at 115 strike rate against a very, very good attack. Mm. Joshua Silver, Sean Ebert. Spencer Johnson you and Cameron Green, you wouldn't take for granted there. And Cameron Green went for more than 100. So that way, if you look at it, India was probably very happy with all the boxes ticked. And then, you know, once Ashwin dismissed the top order cheaply, Jadeja came back and cleaned the tail off with Shami getting a wicket as well. So it was almost an ideal prep if you were to think of it. Mm. And from that point of view, them losing the third ODA was not too much of a surprise for me. Glenn Maxwell also did his bit. I mean, he failed with the bat a little bit. Mm. You would have thought stage was set perfectly for him to score, uh, you know, 20 ball 50 and take Australia to 400. That didn't happen. But he did it with the ball. And Indian fast bowlers were put to the sword from the first over onwards, which I wanted to see at some point in time. Mitchell Marsh was a bit unlucky. He got himself out. David Warner again tried to sweep. I don't know what he was doing. Right? And then the lower order was a little bit worrisome if you are Australian, right? Steven Smith got runs, Marlis, uh, Marnus got runs, everybody got runs. Pat Cummins did a little bit. Pat Cummins was in and out of the squad. They were managing, I think, mm. right? Yep. And same for Mitchell Stark. Yeah, so yeah. for Australia, they got the boxes stick. Mitchell Stark was okay. And most importantly, Glenn Maxwell had a match-winning bowling hand. Absolutely. Well, I would ask you one crucial question. What? Look, with the youngsters playing, India are able to make 400. With all the golden oldies back, they can't even make three hundred. What's going on? Yeah, that's a that's a bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but but maybe, but maybe that was a um, that was really a case of Australia um, 
underestimating uh, the youngsters. Mm. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Um, then, then they lose in spectacular fashion and uh, suddenly it's, uh, oh dear, oh dear, what are we going to do? We need to uh, be on our A game here. Especially with uh, Rohit and uh, Virat coming back. Um, mm. So, right. yeah, I think I think both I think both teams can be relatively uh, satisfied with the with the warm up series here. The Australians uh, have that victory in the third ODI that was uh, really dominant. The Australians are are a tournament team. They always show up in a tournament. They're going to they're going to the semifinals, no doubt about it. As will well, India. Yeah, you've already locked in three. Then <laughs> I'm curious which your fourth spot will be, and you've actually said it might be New Zealand. So you actually named your four. Will you stick with that then, Leah? New Zealand, England. Uh, I will. I will stick with that. Yes, I think. I think the the um, semifinals will be in any combination: uh, England, India, Australia, and New Zealand. Then we should go one step further. Who will win the World Cup? But you see that that de- that depends. That absolutely depends on um, what matchups mm. we will have in the semi-finals. I think mm. India would beat New Zealand any day of the week uh, in a semi-final in a knockout game. They will win. Well, I wouldn't be so sure. I'll I'll come to you. Why? But you first. Okay. Okay, no, no, it's. Uh, I'm interested. So basically, um, New Zealand have beaten India twice uh, in very crucial games. The World Cup semi-final last time mm-hmm. and in the finals of the World Test Championship not very long after. Yes. I think New Zealand are able to pull out their A game while India sort of subside into some sort of self-worried, uh, self-worried shell and that causes this problem. I don't know if India are able to break out of it. If it were to be any other game, I would still say India will beat New Zealand hands down, but when it comes to when it comes to a knockout game, somehow New Zealand are able to pull out their A game. Let's see. Let's see if it will work out. Okay. Um. My my uh my reasoning behind this is uh mm. that India play it at home. That's a that's a huge advantage. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Okay. They um. They beat India in 2019, but that was in England in conditions that probably favored New Zealand. Same in the Test Championship, I think. Mm-hmm. So, and then it's a uh, in the other semi-final. Uh, I'm having I'm having England. Australia. Australia ah. beat England, I think. Mm. And I think this would be a really, really good final. Um, Australia v India in oh, wow. India would be a blockbuster final. Absolutely, I think. I understand and I'll give over to that as something I would really look forward to. As I would mm. uh, jokingly say to my boss, I might fall sick that day. Right. Yeah. Yes. Just one small word on Ashwin's inclusion. I think he was given a chance. I think Captain Rohit may have had a bit of a bit of mm. a, you know, a brainstorm last month. Mm. What is all this rumor mongering we hear that Rohit's phone got stolen in Rajkot and then somebody may have called the selectors using that phone that they should choose. Ashwin. What? What? I did not hear about that. I think I think there is some truth to it in as much that he lost his phone. 
Okay. I mean, he will he will never accept it because it's it's losing a phone is a big deal. A lot of private data would be on it. Yeah, absolutely. But with the joke that he, somebody used that to call uh, the selectors and say choose Ashwin, I think that's just a, somebody <laughs> building on what's happened and then, right? Yeah, but I choose to believe that is true. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Well, we we are coming from the land of Bollywood. Everything mm. is possible. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Now moving on to slightly serious stories. Mm-hmm. Indian women have won the gold in uh, the Asian Games cricket women's trophy mm-hmm. women's uh, section. Surprises for you? Uh, they are playing for the first time apparently, but yeah, they win a gold. Yes, and uh, no, I think I think they uh, were. I, I expected them to win. Um, Women's cricket in India has come come a very very long way since um the women's world cup where they lost to England in the semi-finals. Oh dear. Um, uh, finals I think where they just collapsed. Oh yes, it, it was the final. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. Yeah. Um but I think there has been um a lot of work has been put into women's cricket by by the board. Mm. It's been the game has been uh, professionalized, and I think they take it the board, the administrators now take it more seriously. So I think they were the favorites to win it, and they did win it. Absolutely right. I think I was very happy to see the way Bangladesh team played. Mm. They punched well above their weight, and they took the bronze. Sri Lankan team, I think, are. potentially the second best asian team when it comes to women's cricket and they showed that they were the runners up the final was very tight actually mm. it was only a 19 run win where mm. not even 120 runs were scored by india batting first so that was going to be a very very tough game um we saw one uh, new star from women's uh, bowling perspective titas sadhu mm. who just uh, well short of 19 at this point in time she took four overs three for six with one maiden so yeah. fantastic bowling india never looked like they were going to lose that game and they didn't so that was fantastic so congratulations to the women's uh, indian team they've done well mm-hmm. so from there moving on to another you know asian games miracle spectacle actually i must say not yeah, a miracle they yeah mongolia were never never expected to win <laughs> any of that no but it's a spectacle you're right about that well somebody scored a 50 of 9 balls um uh, that's quite something exactly. kushal kushal um, scored 100 of 34 i mean he he mm-hmm. broke a record that was previously held by three people david miller rohit sharma and sudesh vikramasekara uh, three people mm-hmm. had a record of 100 with 35 yeah. balls he's broken it 34 balls and dipendra singh airi who's actually more known for his bowling actually came out and hit a 50 of 9 mm-hmm. balls and first first of 300 is that another frontier that has fallen to batter second do you think or was this meant, meant to happen some point in time i i actually uh i'm actually uh, surprised that uh, about this yeah the the first 300 in a t20 i was i was actually uh, relatively certain that we'd see a 500 in an odi before we'd see a 300 in a t20 um but mm. we didn't sure it was it was against uh, mongolia who are Yeah, well, I mean, there are no players in any franchise right. league from Mongolia. So, hmm. um, are there? No, no. Look, I think if you go one step back, 
they learned to play cricket only about 3 to 4 months ago is what i got to know oh yes yes exactly but i hmm. props to them for for showing up and um giving it their best i think right it takes it takes um a belief in yourself that you can you hmm. go out there uh with so little preparation and uh not collapse completely 100% right yeah it, it, hmm. they tried they they gave it the best shot so right that's commendable right. i think they batted 20 hours out they lost the game but they batted 20 hours out again in today's game so mm. i mean it's a, again a very nice uh, positive story if you are a cricket fan and looking to see cricket spread far and wide in this world so from that perspective Absolutely. it's a very good story but i think again again nepal serving notice that nobody should take them lightly they have had a few reverses uh compared to where they were uh, mm. at least in the asia cup and so on but they will be a force to reckon they will be let's just say for the lack of a better example afghanistan in a couple of years they, they could very well be all right moving on from the asia cup uh, south africa have had a little bit of a jolt when it comes to their squad for the world cup they have lost uh norkia and magala from the world cup to injury at least mm. when it comes to norkia it looks even more serious because they are saying it could be a stress fracture of the back that's very very serious Ooh. and magala was mm-hmm. already struggling with something but he's been ruled out so that means andile pelukwayo and lizard williams come into the squad i think mm. both are very experienced cricketers and i think andile also gives you a little bit of balance because he showed again that he can hit the ball long and hard in that odi series recent odi series right so against australia so that was good so you know i think uh, South Africa will definitely miss at least for me Enric Norkia because between him and Kagiso Rabada and somebody like mm. either Kutche or um you know uh, Jansen backing them up they could have run through sides even in India mm. I think absolutely and and I I would agree they will miss Norkia much more than uh, Magala mm. I think he he is a kind of a their their talisman in a way yes i mean on his day he can be really devastating but mostly if if there is a little bit of a miss uh, people people take him for a lot of runs so it it go depends on how it goes but i mean uh, you would always be wary of playing against a player like him in a knockout situation because i mean he can make you 30 for 5 in no time mm. all right mm. that's one thing the other news is for sri lanka they've had a bit of a setback no chamira no hasaranga as they go into the world cup again something mm. that uh, you would think at least hasaranga would be a huge miss and chamira when it comes to the new yes, ball hasaranga. right you would think that's again a huge miss as far as sri lanka are concerned mm. yeah i think i think this is uh, this really really hits sri lanka mm. i don't i don't think um well they they may be they may be a bit like um, like bangladesh in that respect that they might win a shocker in the opening stages of the tournament mm. they will they might beat um higher seeded sides um but i don't think they will make the semi finals indeed i mean at least that's the opinion even by most analysts mm. going out there but let's see you never write sri lanka off after all in the last india hosted world cup they reached the final it was an all asian final mm. you never know yes. how it may go yeah uh and didn't they win it uh, in 96 was was in india as well well Wasn't final it? was in lahore but it was india was indeed one of the 
hosts. They won that one. Absolutely. You never write Sri Lankans off, especially in conditions where, you yeah. know, Tikshna and Patirana, they may, they may give you that scare with the ball. And then you always have their very, mm. very talented top order. You don't know which way this is going to go. So let's see. Let's see if they are able to give us some uh, interesting games and maybe a shock or two. So from there, well, one small news that has broken just very recently. So Marnas Labushkagne is going to replace Ashton Agar. Uh, so he sort of brought into the squad mm-hmm. sort of as a backup because Australia are uh, planning to carry uh, the injured uh, Travis Head in the first part of the World Cup simply because he had a broken hand. So it was a tough call. They decided mm-hmm. to retain him, but then they need some batting cover. And when Ashton Agar pulled up a bit injured, they decided to give Marnas Labushkagne Labush a go. Surprised at all? They've mm. not gone for a like for like spinner, like somebody like, you know, Ashton Turner back home from Australia. Yeah, that's that's actually uh, that's the surprising part of of, of this story. Um Labushain is a is a a batsman mm. through and through. Um he bowls some a, a little bit. He bowls a little bit. I don't I don't know if um what it means for, for the Australian team. It probably means that mm. Maxwell Will bowl a lot more than uh, he was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's an it's an interesting choice. They bring in Labouchain for Agar, and I mean it's it's kind of surprising that they didn't uh, include him in the first place. Right. I mean, look, I think I felt between him and Smith, they they were more or less similar quantity. Mm-hmm. But it looks like uh, it looks like. They have chosen for the batting confidence he's brought. So, look, he's made 421 runs in eight matches since he came back as a sub, right? mm-hmm. as always, like a sub-concussion sub. And then um, mm-hmm. that that sort of confidence that he gave and the way Maxwell has shaped up probably in the nets as well as how he bowled in the last ODI versus India. You think, mm-hmm. you know, they, they are going to trust him with eight to ten overs in every innings now, Maxwell. He's going to be a starter in the eleven. Right, and then the squad yeah, will have Manas Labush Labushkagne and Head. Head is probably the number one opener, but if there is no chance of Head coming out to open, you'll see pretty much what happened in the last ODI, where Mit- um, Mitchell Marsh will open with David Warner. You will mm. see that additional batter in the form of Marlas Labushkagne in the lineup, where probably somebody like Marcus Stoinis may miss out. This is my thought process. Cameron Green may still play. Interesting. Yes, yes, yes. That I didn't. I didn't really think about. Yeah, Stoinis might lose out here. Hmm. Actually, interesting. Well, the the Australians. It's kind of an embarrassment of riches with their with their batting. Hmm. Um, I think. I think their bowling attack will be a bit more hit and miss. Hmm. Uh, interesting. Okay. I think Agar Agar was a really really important player for them because he's a. A rather a rather good white ball spinner, hmm. actually. Right. Now I was hoping somebody like you know Tanvir Sangha or Ashton Turner may make the cut. Uh, mm. Somebody more exciting, yes. young, because Ashton Turner is a very capable bat as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I was just expecting yeah. a like for like replacement in terms of there are no like for like replacements for a head, but yeah, I mean it's it's a tough call, but I think they've gone with the yeah. best that they could have. Well. We've had a couple of interesting news. One, Pakistan's mm. men get a landmark central contract before uh, leaving for the World Cup. So this is sort of something that was going on for a while 
when the previous contract expired 30th june mm. babar azam led the negotiations off the field as well him and certain senior players like rizwan shahin shafridi shadab khan have been sort of negotiating on behalf of the players looks like nego- the negotiations have come through very well because they are getting three year contracts instead of a one year contract and uh, there has been a retainer mm-hmm. um for every month but more importantly they are also going to get a fixed share of revenues of the pcb itself whatever pcb were to earn from icc and international tournaments and so on that's that's very nice so you are a stakeholder you are performing mm-hmm. that means you are getting a part of the booty or the bounty whichever way you look at it that's nice that's always good to hear yeah and the important thing is it's a revenue share so um the the possibility of what is called hollywood accounting <laughs> uh is much lower much lower than uh if you are entitled to a percentage of the profits mm. because as everybody knows no hollywood film makes any profit mm. well some of them are earned billions but okay we'll talk about it later <laughs> yeah no but i know what you mean at least in this case i understand what you're trying to point yeah i was i was i was really i was really surprised to see that uh, apparently since the 30th of june the pakistani national team uh has basically been fl- playing for free because <laughs> they refused they re- they refused mm. the offer uh of the board to um extend the conditions of the old contract until a new one uh can be um put in place so since since june they have not been paid well i think there is a retainer that's always paid to them but the rest of it based on whatever new one will be paid uh in in time whenever uh, i mean the dues will be settled is what i'm trying to say i think i don't think in such a in such a setup they'll ever be worried about their dues not being paid the players even though there is no contract in place they can be rest assured when they play that the dues will be paid back mm-hmm. what at whatever level of agreement is reached eventually so it usually goes like that but yes it could have been done a little better yeah sure i think in the mm. end the players will be happy with the outcome rather than something hastily negotiated and so on Absolutely. see what you have to credit them with is not pulling a west indies like stunt where they reach a neutral point and then say we will not go until a contract is negotiated or whatever i mean i think the board should not be compared uh, that's also flank so mm. let's see let's mm. see if you know pakistan they have been given a boost in the arm heading into the world cup and babar is clearly declared reaching the last four is just the minimum target he wants to achieve and anything beyond is what mm. minimum needs so that's going to be very interesting if you are to follow the his comments and his team's performances will follow let's hope mm yeah I, i'm oh, i didn't i didn't include pakistan in my picks for the uh for the semifinals mm. but i think yeah no i don't i i'm not i'm not <laughs> changing it they will there will be some heartbreaking losses right i think nobody speaking south africa and i think we might all be erring in not focusing on south africa and pakistan at all but yeah i'm going to wait it out <laughs> right all right um okay on to some interesting other news as well where you see that uh, navin ulhak 24 year old who's been playing for afghanistan since 2016 has decided he will probably take a break from odis mm-hmm. after the world cup surprise well i think uh it's it's become more accepted uh during the last years for for players to take time out of the game 
for burnout or mental health reasons, uh, which I think is a good, is a good thing. Um, it can prolong the career and we don't want these people to, to develop any, uh, crippling problems. So yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Whatever you need to do, uh, to make sure that you are okay, uh, is fine with me. I mean, it was, It was Maxwell, then it was um, Stokes, the uh, the most high-profile players that uh, took time out of their careers, uh, took a break from their careers uh, to take a step back and uh, say, "I I can't I can't do this right now." So um, I think it's it's a positive outcome that it's nowadays much more accepted. Um, I I don't want people to end their international careers like Trascothic or something like that. You're right. You should, we should hope that players are managing their mental well-being as well as yeah. their physical well-being more carefully these days. And yes. If they choose to take off from a from one format, so be it. I mean, we, we can't judge the pressures that they undergo. Mm. No, absolutely not. Same for Quinton Decock. It, it does seem a bit weird. I did say it in the last episode as well, but at the end of the day, It's his choice fully, right? Yeah. Now, uh, we finish with a couple of positive news. Mm-hmm. Sri Lanka's Danushka Gunatilaka, who, who was you know, fighting, a, fighting a trial for an assault in Australia since in 2022, November, yeah. he's, been, mm-hmm. uh, he's been declared not guilty under some very, very mm-hmm. interesting circumstances. When you look at all the things that have been going on, you would even see why this was even brought, brought to the brought to trials in the first place and so on and then yeah and then the way it ended i'm just worried a little bit about this player's mental well-being as well as his career going forward yeah i mean um hmm. it's it's a bit it's a bit uh a bit different uh than than the case of kugelein yeah. who also wasn't found guilty um but um he totally was so now it's i think I think um the all the circumstances of this not guilty verdict um I think he has been really exonerated here. Right. Um it's it's always it's always really really bad when when you are uh for almost a year now uh he has been uh, basically detained in Australia that's that's going to take a toll on you I think but mm. I I think I think um his his reputation has not suffered from this one. <laughs> Look at least um it it probably gives a big lesson to international cricketers everywhere while you are away far away from home one can imagine it might be tough times for you to be alone and you know you may have to be very alone and not have any company but you don't want to sign up on a dating app and then use it to make use of your free time let's just put it like this. Right? Mm. and <laughs> that's a lesson that uh, some some of us have may have to take as cricketers whenever we are traveling especially international cricketers who's uh, who are effectively representatives of their country wherever they go ambassadors of the sport in general right mm. you may have to be a bit careful there so uh, some, something that uh, something that international cricketers may take heed going forward <laughs> mm. but we are happy to hear you yes. know uh, he's been exonerated out and out and even the judge actually questioned some of the conduct of the police mm, yes 
so uh, that came through but let's hope he's able to go back home resume uh, his life as a cricketer and play out whatever is left of his career maybe even yes, make it to the absolutely. team because well i mean many people may find it tough because he was not even allowed to go back home to sri lanka until the trial was not completed he was out on bail yes so it would have been a very harrowing sort of an experience both financially and mentally i'm sure so let's hope he makes a comeback and in any case if we don't know the ins and outs not everything is made public of course um we hope that the the victim or the alleged victim in this case is also getting some sort of uh, mental peace that this is closed and everybody concerned can move on mm-hmm. from what has happened because i was speaking to a, another podcaster with whom i collaborate from time to time and he expressed mm-hmm. an outrage on why the player's name came out into the public when the alleged victim was never named this is always the case and i can imagine that that's how it can be but i wonder if danushka uh, gunatilaka being far from home and um also being an international name so to say it made it easy for the mm. uh, for the authorities to simply leak his name or simply release his name that that was also something the other podcaster was not happy about i don't know what are your thoughts are on this uh i think it's um i'm 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 pretty i'm pretty sure that uh this has to do with uh with criminal with criminal law um mm. it depends on whether you're um the complainant or put on trial i think that's that's the that's the legal reason for um the name being mm. his name being leaked while hers is being withheld um i'm but i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not any any sort of lawyer mm. but i think that is kind of uh kind of the reason in at least in australia right. it's um it's a bit different in in other jurisdictions but in in england australia um the name of people criminally accused mm. is basically fair game i think right 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 well i mean in theory it's about warning those around us that this person in question may or may not be very safe yes. but it's i think a very very old uh, old practice that may have to be looked at simply because in such a case when a person is completely exonerated he will remain guilty in the eyes of the society mm. exactly exactly um nobody goes into the detail of what happened but anyway mm. um i think uh, we shouldn't go too deep into that or we wish tanushka gunatilaka uh, best of luck resuming his career Absolutely. and you know maybe finishing it on a high all right yes. those were uh, all the cricketing uh, news off the field there is one other thing that's just been brought to my notice of course that there was a cricket series between new zealand and south africa women on odi series that was currently underway mm-hmm. which uh, surprise surprise south africa have clinched comfortably winning the first odis again another 100 from uh, laura folwart and uh, they chased down a potentially tricky 253 yes and they won it very comfortably with just three wickets lost in the 46th over any surprises at all there for you no i think the the uh, the the south african women's cricket team is really is really really strong mm. they are i think they should be internationally um i guess they're they're better on a on a world scale than the men's team in odis uh-huh. i think shots fired no no the the uh the 
the South African women's team has a really, really high standard, and I think they they should be should be ranked mm. higher mm. in women's ODI rankings um, than the men, and I'm pretty sure they are. Right. Um, and also, Laura Laura Wolfart um, has probably the best cover drive or the best drive in all of cricket. Wow. Okay. I'll keep an eye out for this then. I had not noticed yes. it, but who knows? Yeah, it's 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 frankly it's uh, stuff that goes on the subreddit front foot porn. <laughs> Absolutely. Nice. Yeah, yeah. There, there are there are three um, cricket subreddits that uh, are they're called front foot porn, um, back foot porn, and death rattle porn. <laughs> Um, yeah, the first one, obviously, uh, for the drives, the, um, um, the, th the second one for, I don't know, uh, pulls yeah. and hooks and stuff like that. And, uh, the third one is for really, really good bowling, clean bowls and stuff like that. I see. Mm. Very interesting. <laughs> yes. Very interesting. You should send me some videos offline for my offline consumption and so on, but okay. Right. Okay. <laughs> now, um, those are all the news stories from this episode. That's a wonderful way to end the episode, I think, Leah. Thank you once again for yes. the, well, lovely Absolutely. thoughts, some forthright opinions as always, and some fun at the end. Yeah. Thank you very, very much for having me. Um, and thank you to the audience for your attention. Thank you. Once again, would you like to give out some of the links, especially your, oh. your own YouTube oh, channel? Oh, yes. Um, I am. I am on Twitter at LinuxLia, L-I-N-U-X-L-E-A. Um, the L's are capital. Everything else is lowercase. Um, from there, you can find the links to all the stuff that I do because um, right now, not certain if telling you what my YouTube channel is, uh, is really working. But um, on my Twitter, I have everything linked. Mm. Fair enough. Perfect. All right. Uh, that's a wrap for this episode. We wish all our listeners a good day, wherever they may be listening from. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.